you're building an HR team for growth and scale, that from two is really important, that framework. And, and that's what I interview for a lot. I'll say when I'm, when I'm really trying to, to figure out, it, is somebody going to be the right person for this team at the right time? Um, because you know, I, I found that those that are strictly comfortable in the two, so an organization that's fully established with great processes and systems and technology and leaders who know how it should be done and, and do it that way most of the time. And, you know, that's a much different uh, skill set, right, than somebody who's lived in an organization sub 100 people and is having to build a lot of those processes and have to understand, you know, where the business is at. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR podcast. One of the questions that comes up very often in my conversations with business leaders and HR leaders is how to design, build a nature function that is prepared to support and help their organizations and hopefully lead their organizations through their, their phases of hyper growth and scaling up their teams and scaling up their operations and whatnot. So this question comes up very, very, very often. And I know it continues to be one of the uh, big areas for HR in terms of thinking and designing how that HR function could look like. So today we are going to have a conversation that is focused on this, how to build a great HR team, how to build a great HR function that is meant to support their organizations in times of scaling and hyper growth. And we're going to have this conversation with somebody who's been in the HR space for a while, and she is incredibly committed to creating what we call in Hacking HR, the best HR that has ever existed. She calls it modernizing the HR field by partnering with other senior leaders, by building high-performing HR functions for growth and success. So, Danielle, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you so much for joining the show. And I am really excited about this conversation. Again, you know, a topic that comes up very often in a sure. number of conversations. So let me ask you, let's just, you know, begin the conversation with this question. When you think about the differences that, uh, that exist between an HR team in a high hyper growth, maybe a scaling up organization vis-a-vis -vis those that are more established organizations. What, what, mm -hmm. what, what are the differences that come up? Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of them. Um, you know, and I'll say it's both kind of skill and comfort level and, and what <laughs> motivates people, right? So, you know, I, I always say when you're building an HR team for growth and scale, that from two is really important that framework and and that's what i interview for a lot i'll say when i'm when i'm really trying to to figure out is somebody going to be the right person for this team at the right time um, because you know i i found that those that are strictly comfortable in the two so an organization that's fully established with great processes and systems and technology and leaders who know how it should be done and, and do it that way most of the time and you know that's a much different uh, skill set, right? Than somebody who's lived in an organization sub 100 people and is having to build a lot of those processes and have to understand, you know, where the business is at. And so, you know, I say it's it's a little bit of that special unicorn, but finding somebody who's comfortable in, you know, 
meeting the business where they're at and that from, but being able to vision what the two looks like and start to take steps forward there. Yeah. Um, and, and I mentioned comfort level too, because, you know, it's, it's a lot about passion too, the type of work that you really enjoy doing. And so even though you might be skilled in both worlds, it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean it's like what makes your heart happy. You know? Ab- absolutely. And, and in fact, I, I remember a few months ago, I interviewed somebody also leading a nature function in an organization that is scaling up really quickly. And he said, you know, if, if you want to work in this environment, you have to be okay with changing priorities uh, you know, on, a, on a hyper fast, you know, kind of approach. And you have to be okay with operating in chaos uh, because, sure. you know, it's, it's, a, it's a complicated environment. Are there any specific skills that you think people who choose to work in a hyper growth, a scaling up organization need to have to perform well in HR? Yeah. I mean, I, I always look for somebody that's, I'll say, comfortable with ambiguity, like you said, you know, somebody that almost craves a little bit of change in their life. And so, you know, when I'm really trying to get to the, the root cause, I'll try to explore, like, are they somebody that's moved around a lot, <laughs> for yeah. example, you know, somebody that's just used to kind of that external changing environment. Um, You know, somebody that tells me they're really happy predicting what's going to happen for the rest of the day, every day is likely somebody that's not a great fit for that like high growth environment, right? Because that's going to change constantly. And so, you know, I look for that adaptability. I look for somebody who actually almost gets bored easily, (laughs) you know, Um, I look for somebody that it's pretty high energy. Like, let's be honest, it's, it's difficult work when those priorities are constantly changing and you have to be able to pivot pretty quickly. And so somebody that's got kind of a, a high energy level, I think tends to fit pretty well. Um, and then, yeah, I, I would say a, a certain element of kind of futuristic, op, op, you know, optimistic personality, right? Because you have to be able to see um, you're not going to be able to touch what it looks like in the yeah. future, but you have to be able to envision what it's going to look like in the future. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, I, I generally uh, define HR or the, the, the uh, ideal state of the HR that I dream of uh, as, as a trailblazer that sure. is capable of leading people and organizations into a world that is different, that is, uh, you know, chaotic and ambiguous. And, and whatnot. What, what, when you think about a nature function for, uh, for an organization that is scaling up, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what do you think the HR professionals working in that space and in that specific sector or, 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 or stage of the organization, what do you think they need to become leaders? Not just the HR mm-hmm. that is sure. you know, the most traditional kind of function, you know, hiring a lot of people pretty quickly, but becoming yep. leaders, like you said, envisioning the future. Yeah, I mean, number one is they they do have to have a strong business acumen. Uh, so, you know, when you're really taking the business to the next stage, really understanding, um, and, and not just your own business, right, but how does the external world, you know, what metrics matter in your space? And, you know, how are your individual departments and teams contributing to that bigger picture? Because, you know, as you're bringing your leaders along, as you're bringing your team members along, understanding like what does success look like for this business once it reaches X milestone and being able to translate that, you know, into the people side of the business, I, I think is just one of the most invaluable, you know, skill sets that, that could exist in an HR person in that, in that moment in the organization. Yeah, I, I love that. And, and 
you know, what you're describing is basically the connect the connection between business strategy, which in a, a you know hyper growth, you know, scaling up organization, sometimes they, you know, those strategies change, but there's a clear sort of For vision sure. of what uh, you know it should be looking like in the in the long term, and how that translates into talent in, and people mm-hmm. and and HR, um, and and. You know, one thing that I got to say frustrates me a little bit is that sometimes HR moves so slowly that by the time, you know, the business priorities are changing, HR is still like, you know, what's going on here? Um, So let me ask you this. You know, one thing that I talk about a lot too is building an innovative HR function Mm -hmm. and that needs an innovative mindset from those that are performing that function. How, how How do you skill, how do you instill perhaps this uh, this idea that innovation is important in HR? For sure. Um, so a couple of things, you know, number one, I, I was lucky to be trained in design thinking or human-centered nice. design. And I think yeah. that, you know, that has embedded into me a little bit of, you know, the act to think principles and just really making sure that we're not, you know, designing something from zero to a hundred and waiting until 99 to get user feedback on something, right? Um, And so, and candidly that I'm not afraid to fail on something, like let's prototype something, let's get a small test group, you know, let's really understand how people are going to interact with a system or a process or whatever it is, you know, as we're designing those things. So I I think that that's important without question. Uh, The other I would say is like leveraging technology. So I think one of the biggest pain points that I see, you know, when HR teams are trying to scale is there was such a high human touch, you know, at the beginning of an organization on everything, right? Every decision, every system, every process. And so you, you do get to a point where you have to take a step back and say, you know, what doesn't actually need a human to touch it? Um, and what is the appropriate level, you know, of interaction with a human at any particular point in time? Yeah. And so being able to take like an objective step, you know, step back and say like, okay, yes, we, we used to do this by, you know, Danielle used to answer this particular email for this question, you know, but man, if we could actually get the information in the employee's fingertips where they could discover it on their own in the moment that they need it, particularly, you know, if you've got an organization that spans time zones and you've got a centralized HR function, you know, getting that information to people when they actually need to make that decision or take that action or, you know, so trying to reduce, I'll say, friction points along the way and being really intentional and honest with yourself about where those friction points might be. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, I was going to say the third thing is, you know, understanding what's material and what's not. Yeah. I think that that's, you know, I always use kind of the 10 point scale, like on a you know, scale of one to 10, like how material is this decision or this, you know, and if it's not in that upper quadrant, then learning to like let some stuff go and, yeah. and being able to move forward. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, let, let me let me use that question as a, as a you know, uh, as a segue to to this this other idea, which is. But by the way, it happens in large organizations too, and more established organizations where the the tension between strategy in HR and operations in HR is always kind of a big deal, right? I mean, how do you sure. think long term when you are going through so much every day, right? And and you're sure. so busy. So how do you manage that? How do you how do you manage that relationship between foresight, futuristic innovation, sure. visioning versus your day to day? Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's a great question because, you know, we'd all love to, you know, wake up one morning and just have it be strategy. But the reality is, you know, there's, there's a heavy operational piece to HR as well. And, you know, no matter how much you focus on trying to automate it or systematize it, like it's, it's there, right? Um, so I think in addition to, I'll say, hiring the right person who can flex and know when to flex in those two modes, um, I would also say like trying to align the work to the right seat. You know, one of the things that I do on a quarterly basis with our team is we call it like a who's on first exercise, right? And everybody kind of puts out into the universe what's on their plate at any given point in time. And it, it's in a virtual sticky note format so that people can actually go in and grab activities from other people to say like, wow. gosh, I, I didn't even know you were doing that that's really more suited to, to my world, right? Yeah. Um, so I think it's, you know, getting, getting your strategic people on the team, getting your operational people on the team doesn't mean that they don't ever cross functions, but being really intentional to say like, this is the bigger picture, this is how you're going to contribute. And I want you to constantly be looking for opportunities to get the right work in the right place because we'll just work so much more effectively as a team if we can do that. Yeah, I, I, I love that. Um, you know, uh, a, a few months ago, actually a long time ago, I think, I, I asked a, a CHRO, you know, why, why do you think it's so hard for HR to be innovative? And, and again, you know, I know there are sure. individuals in HR that are very progressive and forward thinking, but HR as a function is, is not there yet. Sure. And, and I asked her and she said to me, well, because generally that's not what we are rewarded for. And that's not what we are encouraged to do by our business leaders in the organization. We are encouraged to minimize risk, to make sure that you know processes are running. So mm -hmm. there is a, there, it's not just what HR does, it's what we are being uh, requested to do or what we are being mm -hmm. rewarded to do or punished for doing mm -hmm. from the side of the business leaders. So I, to wrap up our conversation, I want to ask you one more question. As a nature, mm -hmm. as a nature leader, in a you know, hyper-growth organization, what's your ask for business leaders? You know, to, to you, as a, as, you know, from, from their perspective to HR, what, what would you ask them to take into account uh, for HR to, to value, to not value, and whatnot? Great question. Um, and a little hard for me, I'll say, because I, I do think, I've, I think I've been blessed in, in my career where I've had, you know, strong executive pairings that that valued actually more the innovative side than <laughs> we necessarily did the other side of the house. Um, you know, I, I think the ask would be that, you know, that you're listening to the bigger picture and that more so perhaps that in the times that they're interacting with maybe my more junior team members, that they're rewarding that innovation versus yeah. just the processing of the task. So I, I think when I look across, you know, my HR history, the, the more senior team members had a, had a confidence or a storytelling ability, right, to wrap the whole picture together that, that senior leaders were enamored by, right, or, or could get on board with. I think earlier on in your career, it's hard because you, you do operate in a little bit more of a this chunk and then this chunk and then this. And so I would say, you know, if I could ask my senior leaders is, is help me grow, right? Those, yeah. some of those that are newer to the HR field and, and help them see how much value the people function can bring when brought in, you know, as a strategic partner. And, 
and not that we're devaluing, you know, the work that's done at more of a transactional or operational level, but that there's a, a much larger universe uh, yeah. there. That, yeah, that, yeah, that is that is wonderful, actually, and and it's making me think, you know, you're painting this as you know some cycles in there, and yeah. having those business leaders help those more junior people that if they have a quarter of the cycle, they can have them yeah. you know, see the entire picture, even if they don't do it themselves or if they are in the process of learning how to do it, they can at least help them visualize what that entire thing looks like or could look like. Yeah, I mean, I, I tell you, I, I worked with one, one business leader in my past that it, it didn't matter who she was working with on my team or what that person's function was. She took the time to really explain like the bigger picture and, and how her team was contributing to the organization and how the HR function could pair with that. And, you know, it just really helped me feel like I've got, you know, a, a true team member, a true business partner that was helping to develop my team candidly as much as I, as, as I was helping to develop hers. Yeah, that, that is fascinating. And, and, you know, one thing that I want to say before we wrap up is you just mentioned something that to me, it's, it's really valuable. And that is, uh, business leaders who help HR see how the work that they are doing in HR contributes mm -hmm. to the larger picture of the organization. I yes. mean, um, because, you know, if, if, if you, you, I mean, you feel motivated when you know that you're not just doing something that lives by itself, okay. but that it really has an impact in the long-term, you know, success of the organization. So that is really, uh, you know, fascinating. So, Danielle, thank you so much for sharing your your light and your insights with us thank you so much for spending this time with me great seeing you thanks so much likewise thank you and thank you everybody stay tuned for the next episode of the hacking hr podcast i will see you all soon thank you everybody for watching or listening to this podcast i hope you enjoyed the show please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the hacking hr community Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.